0: Welcome to The Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters.
1: And I'm Sarah Pernell, and this episode we're looking at Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. When Noemi receives a distressed letter from her newly married cousin, claiming that she's being haunted by a mysterious source and asking her to join her at her marital home of High Place, Noemi reluctantly travels to ensure that her cousin is safe. Out in the woods, far from the glittering safety of Mexican city, Noemi finds that her life is very different to her cousins at High Place, where the family have rules about speaking at the dinner table and mysterious routines, and the house itself, which starts to invade Noemi's dreams. The youngest son of the Doyle family is Noemi's only ally as she struggles to discern reality from imagination and uncover the secrets of High Place.
0: As usual we do want to share um, some content warnings for the book so for Mexican Gothic we have violence, body horror, sexism and sexual assault and also a spoiler warning as per usual we will be talking about the book in its entirety including the ending and all of the juicy reveals so just be warned if you haven't read the book and you do intend to.
1: Also, we do have a mailer that goes out every other week and you can come and join the Dark Academicals Book Club at the dot for a bunch of exclusive stuff.
0: It's very exciting and we like it. So you should <laughs> join us. <laughs> that's my That's my big sell line on that.
1: <laughs> I think I nailed we need it. it and we like it.
0: <laughs> come get some. Biased? No. Not at all. Not in the slightest. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Mexican Gothic.
1: Mexican Gothic.
0: Why did we choose this novel?
1: I mean, for me, Mexican Gothic has been one of those books that I've been very intrigued by since I saw its release. And it has Gothic in the title, which immediately makes me start to wonder if it can have a link to Dark Academia.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's often that blurring, isn't there, between the Gothic and Dark Academia. Yeah. And it's interesting when horror and fantasy are thrown in there too. Hmm. Plus, it's set in a big isolated house with mysterious circumstances. That pretty much yes. screams Dark Academia potential, doesn't <laughs> it, really? <laughs> Definitely. So we both had an interesting relationship with Mexican Gothic prior to kind of deciding to put it on the the um lineup for the podcast. So I tried to read it back in 2020 and I ended up dnfing it. Um it, it's really slow and I just couldn't connect with it. And I think you had a similar experience, didn't you?
1: Yeah, similar kind of time frame as well. I gave it a go and I really really struggled with the pacing at the beginning. Mm. I just couldn't find anything to latch on to to make me keep reading.
0: Yeah, and interestingly, we both tried via audiobook, so we think it might actually have something to do with the the reading of the audiobook, because I read it this time, Yeah, and once I got over that that slow beginning, I ended up falling in love with it, though I know you did not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it. It's fine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> ringing endorsement it's fine <laughs> it's fine see like after that 30% i haven't stopped thinking about it and if it if that 30% was tighter that could easily have been a five star for me i think
1: i just think that the first 60% is just filler see i, I just w- feel like it's all filler and then suddenly it turns into a different book and i for me there just isn't it just, it's either all or nothing, this book. It's either doing nothing or it's doing everything at once.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do see what you mean. I think I just finally clicked with the characters after about 30%. Did you? Noemi finally kind of kicked in. I don't know, that's the wrong way to describe her. But I don't know, she came alive, I guess, at that point, And I was suddenly like invested in her. And that's mm. what I was waiting for, I think. So... It did end up being a winner for me. I just wish that first section was a bit stronger, yeah, but we've already detoured, and we're <laughs> five minutes into this episode, so fantastic. Bear with us for this one. <laughs> it is Friday I'm... evening, and we we're tired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm also going to apologise, just in case, in advance, that if there's any weird sound quality issues, it's potentially my microphone, because I knocked it off the table, and by knocked it, I went to move it, but pulled the USB lead and just flung it across the room.
0: Yeah, we've spent 40 minutes trying to sort it out, <laughs> and we feel like it's it's not there as much anymore, so... Fingers crossed for us. (laughs) But let's get into the episode. So, as per usual, we will be um, comparing Mexican Gothic to our list of tenets of what we deem makes a novel Dark Academia. And if you need more information on that or just want a refresher, you can go further back in our catalogue of episodes and listen to An Introduction to Dark Academia, and that'll give you everything you need to know to kind of move forward with our episodes of the podcast. Did you want to kick us off?
1: I can, indeed. So usually our first, uh, like, uh, what am I trying to think of? What word do I want?
0: Tenet element.
1: I don't want tenet.
0: I use that a lot. I need to fix, find <laughs> a new word.
1: Uh, a first dark academia signpost... Nice. ...would be that it's set in a higher education setting, often on campus, and usually elite or exclusive in some way.
0: eh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a no straight off the bat. <laughs> I mean, Noemi yeah. is at university... But we don't ever actually go to university with her,
1: she seems to be actively avoiding university, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she's studying
0: anthropology, <laughs> but she there's all this talk about her kind of switching um, she wants to
1: study philanthropy, doesn't she?
0: yeah, and she keeps going backwards and forwards, and there's there's none of the like traditional approach to her higher academia no higher education um that we would normally look for i mean it's
1: definitely elite elite and exclusive because her situation is very unique that it allows her the easy access like she just basically has to um convince her father that it's a good idea and then she can go there's no real barriers other than that for her going to university
0: it's it's an all-women's um university isn't it yeah because this is set in 1950s mexico um so we're going to talk a little bit about the the sexism and the the kind of the female position later on but it's yeah. all kind of linked into that
1: interestingly it took me a little while to figure out exactly where this book was set oh really to get a ha- like a proper handle on which time period it was. Because it felt a little bit earlier to me And until she started mentioning like dresses that she wore in like, oh, 1950. Okay. And, and I was like, oh, okay. I couldn't quite place it.
0: Oh, okay, that's interesting. I guess that probably wasn't helped with the kind of like the, the bold statement of the Gothic either. Because that does take no, you back yeah. a bit, doesn't it? In like a true yeah. Gothic novel. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I think I was too aware of it being set in the fifties to kind of not to question yeah. that, I guess,
1: yeah, I think it was the I knew it was it it obviously was at least the nineteen twenties, yeah, but then it was like the she was mentioning like the different cars and stuff, and I was like, hang on a minute, we're a little <laughs> bit later than that, and like think, Hollywood and stuff like that, so
0: yeah, I think the opening scene though where Noemi is at the party, that does give real Gatsby vibes, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, I, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from there, to be honest.
1: But that is that is actually a very dark academia thing, I think. It feels like it's set earlier than it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. And a lot of like the the kind of true, most successful dark academia books, they thrive because they are set just slightly before like the the effortless convenience of technology you know
1: yeah and definitely in in this case even though we're talking about the 1950s but like it feels like it's earlier
0: yeah because there's no electricity um in the house or very no there's none is there it's all it's all candles There's, there's a very
1: yeah there's a very small amount but not enough to light uh like electric for every room yeah
0: it definitely feels like a a very old building and i guess that plays into our next um element of old gothic architecture because the house um high place absolutely fits into that doesn't it
1: massive tick absolutely i think a lot of that is the um uh english influence yeah. so the colonial isn't it out, yeah the colonialism basically mm. uh, They've brought over the gothic, almost, because that's just the style. Yeah, um, and it's it's several generations
0: old as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's this it's yeah. big, old, crumbling mansion that's basically falling apart. And it's... Like what you were saying about the time, it's, it's very much a time capsule, isn't it, that building? Yeah. Not just in design and... Um, I uh, can't think the uh, amenities, but also in the attitudes of the people in the house.
1: Yeah, the ideal ideology.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially with um, like the patriarch of the family, Howard Doyle, who is an utter slime.
1: Yeah.
0: Horrible. I mean, Blech. Virgil isn't that Literally, much better. Uh, no. <laughs> At all. They are all disgusting in their own way. <laughs> what a compliment. except oh what's his name who uh the the youngest the francis francis there we go yeah he has a few lingering uh concerning ideas but most of it's kind of knocked out of him by noemi isn't it yeah i mean yeah his
1: his relationship with noemi is an interesting one and i'm not Not entirely convinced by it, but um, at least it it is sort of a positive influence, whereas all the other males in the house are not.
0: Yeah, I think I I kind of agree with you there. I think it is very situational. Yeah. I can't imagine that outside of, you know, the novel, that they would last together. No. Other than being linked by the trauma of... Trauma bond. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't see how...
1: I do find Francis to be quite a quintessential dark academia character. I know, again, we're skipping forwards again, but isn't he? Because he's got his obsession with this study of um, the natural world, we'll call it, without giving Mm -hmm. too much away, even though we are spoilers ahoy. But, um, (laughs) you know, and he dresses in a very certain way. You know, he lends her this big, thick jumper that's very dark academia aesthetic. Um, yeah and he's quite he is the outsider like he is very much the dark academia character for this book i think yeah
0: i agree i think his personality leans towards like the the protagonists of dark academia as well because he he doesn't want to rock the boat and he wants to be involved and he'll do anything to kind of keep that position until noemi comes in and disrupts it
1: yeah, he's he's very much powerless, isn't he?
0: Yeah. Naomi
1: kind of gives him the power to do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's an interesting correlation with how um, other protagonists kind of move through their novels. And it's interesting that that character is a side character and a love yeah. interest as well in mexican gothic yeah. because those protagonists aren't very often true love interests are they
1: no i still didn't fully I, I didn't fully believe it but
0: no it was very sudden and very opportunistic i don't think yeah as you said trauma bond i think <laughs> i think yeah. that's that's what it is really
1: yeah
0: so our next element is a preoccupation with the classical studies, Latin, Greek, literature, and philosophy. This Hello. one, <laughs> I, I would say it is there, but in a different way. Because you've obviously got what we've said about um, Francis's preoccupation with the natural world. Uh, he, he loves to, like, botanical drawings is his thing. And he knows yeah. lots about the history and the kind of origins of you know, flora and fauna around um, High Place.
1: Yeah. We don't have... Our protagonist doesn't... No. Doesn't have a, a classical study that
0: she's focused no. on. She's academically flighty. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> I like that. Good. There
1: is, though, I did. I did notice the use of Latin... Yes. To alienate the reader, how it does, as we've seen in like
0: the likes of um, the Secret History et al. Yeah, definitely. That that's definitely there. I think it's used very subtly as well. I think unless you're yeah. looking for it, you probably wouldn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it is. It's usually it's in relation to the mushrooms. Guys, the mushrooms. <laughs> um, and is it the family motto as well?
1: yeah, it's something to do with like something basically it's something to do with the patriarchy being absolute isn't it yeah something like that
0: basically serving the family and the family's legacy, yeah. isn't it without yeah. question, yeah, I think there is it's not a preoccupation, but there is a big link to literature in the novel i think the i think Mexican gothic pulls on so many themes and characters and ideas from classic literature definitely um like the the big ones for me were the yellow wallpaper by charlotte perkins gilman yeah. which is a, a woman in i think it's the late 1800s and she is kind of locked away in a room in a big country house by her husband who is you know deemed her unwell um,
1: she's been prescribed the rest cure
0: exactly and um, she starts to see figures in the yellow wallpaper of her bedroom start to move um, and it's kind of like that descent into madness idea juxtaposed with you know the um, you know the idea of female hysteria and repression and oppression noemi's cousin catalina when she writes to noemi to kick off the novel it's her saying you know there's there's something in the wallpaper trying to get her
1: yeah
0: and that also then ends up moving on to noemi too so that's that's really prominent and i think florence who is the she is francis's mother um she gives me Mrs. Danvers vibes from Rebecca.
1: Okay, yeah, I haven't read Rebecca, but I know the I know the character.
0: Mm. That kind of um, scary, overbearing, um, set in the ways of the house and how the house has always existed in the past uh, at the um, almost the subjugation of the uh, protagonist, really. Mm.
1: Yeah, I also got Jane Eyre vibes. From yeah. It. Very much mad woman in the attic. Oh, definitely. Um,
0: Several mad women at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Um. What else was I going to say? Edgar Allan Poe, I think, as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: just because of the more the horror y vibes, but. Um, it made me think of things like the telltale heart and that kind of leaning just because of you know something um being some kind of like being in the house yes calling out something about yourself or about the people around Mm you
0: yeah yeah that's true that's sentience isn't it yeah yeah that's interesting didn't pick up on that one But then we have a murder. There is a murder discussed and attempted. But it's not so much on page, is it?
1: Not in the normal dark academia sense. So um, there is plenty of murder in this book. Um, but it's not in the way that we usually look for in dark academia where there has been a murder or there is a murder like part way through, and then the kind of like fallout from that is what you're following. This is mostly historical until you get to the end,
0: yeah, it builds up to the murder, doesn't it?
1: yeah, but it's already kind of got its foundations on a whole stack of murder,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: like just. Murder or murder.
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's... I guess this kind of feeds into the next um, element, which is a dark, moody and or haunting vibe. But like, Noemi is literally haunted <laughs> yeah, by um, a member of the family that tried to take herself back from the control of the house and from her grandfather...
1: Oh, I don't know. This is father. very much like my my uncle is my father and my brother kind of situation here. Yeah, and it's here.
0: disgusting and really uncomfortable. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> um, I don't take...
1: know if we put that in the content warnings, but yes, incest should oh, be yeah, one Oh yeah, that of them. should also be there, shouldn't <laughs> it? <Blech>. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I guess we should probably explain that quickly, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically... The idea is that Howard Doyle is the patriarch of the family and he brought over from England to Mexico a mushroom that makes you immortal, essentially. So this mushroom makes you immortal by kind of breathing its sentience into the house and in order... And it has to be compatible with people. And it's compatible with the Doyle's family. So the patriarch of the family takes over the brain and body of each of the next generation to keep himself alive. And has children with the women of his family in order to keep the bloodline pure to make sure that the mushroom can still have the effect and keep him immortal. I didn't realise how hard that was going to be to explain.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But that—that's the basic it... of it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I learned a whole new a whole new term. That is fungal horror.
1: Nice.
0: And There's I'm gonna plenty
1: of that there.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna come back to that. In a bit. <laughs> and I've completely lost my thread of what I was saying before I interrupted myself about fungal horror.
1: Well, we just got to the end of uh, Howard Doyle's nasty business with his own family. Oh, yes. Um,
0: so, uh, basically, she tried to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, Ruth. Um, this is Ruth, Ruth who yeah. was
1: his daughter granddaughter sort of slash
0: everything else
1: slash everything else slash any relation female relation he could she could possibly be she was
0: yeah it's it's so yuck um and she's haunting noemi trying to kind of lead her in the right direction of what's happening and that she needs to escape and to separate herself from this kind of infectious nature of this mushroom that Exists in the building. It's it's in the walls. It's in the wallpaper. It's, it's in everything, isn't it? Yeah. And Ruth is trying to lead her out of this and also get Noemi to release her and free her from being a ghost in this place. So there is definitely haunting.
1: Yeah. She's also kind of haunted by Virgil as well, but in a very... Uh, that's more of a less of a ghostly haunting and more of a I'm gonna prey on your dreams young girl kind oh, of that uh, gave me the haunting. massive ick <laughs> It was grim
0: So much ick
1: And then he reenacts that oh. horrible dream as
0: well So basically he's he steps into Noemi's dreams because he is preparing to be overtaken by Howard and he's kind of developing control and these powers given to him by the mushroom and he it's basically compulsion isn't it yeah and he uses it to sexually assault uh noemi essentially through her dreams and it it's originally in a in a way that she doesn't know whether it's real or it is a dream um it's really really gross and really uncomfortable to read (laughs) (laughs) to be honest so yeah, dark and moody. Absolutely. Yeah. It is dripping and dark. Oh, dripping. No. <laughs> Sorry. I like, it just gives me that that vibe. It just feels like everything is just peeling away and it's damp and gross and just it makes me feel like it stinks. It makes it oh, makes yeah. it feel
1: like it just smells like rot.
0: Yeah. I think it probably does yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's that that vibe through and through yeah
1: <laughs> so hero worship of a particular figure or author so this isn't again present for our protagonist um but i su- i suppose there is a kind of worship for howard yes that many Interaction she has with people, they refer to him as a god,
0: mm. especially Florence.
1: Yeah, I think Ruth does at one point too, but I think that's because of her failure to be able to to kill him.
0: Yes, yeah, it's that all powerful kind of, you know, he even one against a gun kind of thing. Yeah, he he beat being shot at close <laughs> close contact kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think there's also an, an element of worship of the house, of High Place yeah. itself, um, in the magic that it can do and the connection that the Doyles have to it and how it's singularly connected to them.
1: Well, it's very much a... Uh, to me, it feels like a commentary on the way that colonialism... Invades and continues to try and stalwart it out, basically. Like, yeah, it's this nasty, rotting, mm-hmm. uh, fungal yeah. thing that you really just need to get rid of, but you can't.
0: You literally have to burn it out.
1: <laughs> and even then, hmm, has it really gone?
0: Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that it'll have, you know, after effects through generations. Yeah, like colonialism like
1: still leaves its mark
0: yeah exactly
1: it's cuz it's their last it is the last remaining stronghold that they that they have for not only their lives in mexico but just just their lives in general isn't it their life depends on that house
0: yeah and i mean their lives and their situation and, and being able to build that house was built on a mine where they forced Mexican workers to work to their deaths and then killed them all it's all built on horror yeah and Howard seems to get like a a really twisted joy out of it doesn't he
1: yeah he's really into like eugenics and the the greater race and all this yeah he's a Nazi basically yeah he's a Nazi um, and I don't know where I was going to go with that, but I think <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. He's just a grim,
0: lecherous Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, yeah, that sums him up beautifully. So then we have old money, which will collide with new money or no money. Um, everyone's rich.
1: Yeah, I although mean, the Doyle's Noemi, are failing. Yeah, I mean Noemi is new money.
0: She is, yeah, that's um, true.
1: Whereas I suppose you could argue that the Doyles are old money, but they don't have any
0: anymore. No, and that's why they need <clears throat> uh, Noemi yeah, and Catalina. They, yeah. And they want to, yeah. you know, the strength of this, you know, rebirth of Howard into Virgil. I made that sound just as gross as it is, <laughs> my apologies. Um <laughs> is going to kind of breathe new life into high place and allow them to reopen the mine and put themselves back on the map. Um but it's it's new money that that conquers that through Noemi and Catalina. Yeah. Which is an an interesting turn actually. That never really happens, does it, in Dark Academia? No. Old money always wins out every time. Yeah.
1: It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because does, does old money still win in the end? Do you know what I mean? Like, do they, are they still, it depends what you mean by win, win or lose, because they're never going to be able to uh, undo the damage that the Doyles have done.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they've also stopped them from doing any more damage. Supposedly. Well, in theory.
1: Unless Howard Doyle's just growing like a little mushroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what an image. <laughs> Yuck, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, I didn't think about that.
1: We can also talk about the weather with we a device because there is plenty of weather. There is a lot of weather. Yeah. Cause they are
0: s- kind of oh go on, sorry
1: i just say we start off strong with the fog
0: so atmospheric classic dark mm. academia move
1: yeah we've got the fog um we've got torrential rain um and it's just it's just cold and mm. dank and perfect conditions for growing mushrooms
0: essentially and even though they spend most of the time in the house you can feel it can't you even when Noemi is in the house, everything about the house reflects the outside. Yeah. I'm sure there's a word for that. There's a term for that. I can't summon it up, but... Maybe. I but feel like...
1: Somebody please send us a message and tell us what that term is. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, Education. That's, that's going to drive me mad now. But anyway... Yeah, they kind of feed into each other, don't they? It's like it's almost like the house the thri- house thrives in those conditions. Yeah. Whereas it it dampens down Catalina and Noemi especially, doesn't it? Yeah. It traps I them. Think
1: it's also nice to see the weather working with the text in a in a way that is running alongside it rather than it just being purely yeah. environmental. Like it's just yeah. it. It is an integral part of the narrative rather than it just being mm. circumstantial.
0: Yeah. It it physically traps Noemi at high place and it's it's used by the other character to say, Well, you can't leave because it's so wet and the roads are unsafe. You're just gonna have you'll to die. stay. Yeah, if you leave yeah. you'll die. Uh, and then there's also those beautiful sunny days where she goes down into the town and yeah. speaks to the doctor and to um the alternative medicine lady i can't remember her name um and it's that that freedom that brightness that clarity outside of the influence of the house which i thought was really clever
1: yeah it's a sense of like warm safety
0: mm, yeah and we Normality. we had yeah exactly we hadn't seen that since she got off the train yeah um yeah, very clever.
1: Mm.
0: So finally we have underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. I she's definitely an outsider. Yes. But she's a social butterfly, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she's very adept socially. Um she's probably one of the most socially adept protagonists that we've ever seen.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> because she that's what she it's basically what she does like she
0: she's a socialite isn't she
1: she is a socialite so being able to put on airs and graces or to be able to change her voice change her personality to fit the room is something that she's very good at
0: yeah and, and she uses that power doesn't she to try and uh win over the doyles but in yeah. a way that kind of still separates them from her she doesn't want to be a part of them she's just trying to keep herself and her cousin safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And it, it, it wins out for her in the end because it's how she kind of makes friends with Francis, isn't it? Yeah. She creates a bond with him and he is integral to getting them out of High Place Alive.
1: Yeah.
0: But she's always an outsider. Yeah. But instead of wanting to be included... They want to pull her in. That's true. Which is an interesting juxtaposition mm. to normal. She desperately does not want to be a part of this horror. <laughs> but they need her. Their their survival and their continued existence with their powers and influence depends on her being absorbed into the family. Yeah. And Catalina at first. But Catalina was almost like the failed first to try, wasn't she? Yeah. And Noemi is like the last chance. Those are all yeah. our tenets of dark academia. Yeah. Is there anything else? Or a criticisms or interpret interpretation? Is that a word? Did I say that right? Yeah.
1: Interpretation,
0: you did. <laughs> <laughs> of isolated elements.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it it's an interesting... It's an interesting book. I think that you could easily interpret it in many different ways. Like mm-hmm. it is the ideal book if you are writing a paper on the gothic or the feminine gothic or the mm-hmm. the yeah. so colonialism or feminism. There's so many different ways to read this book, and yeah. I really appreciated that. Um for me, my biggest takeaway was again obviously like the the insidiousness of colonialism and um, how it is just like a, a uh, like when you when they bring different species of plants from overseas and then they they end up killing off like the natural yeah um, flora and fauna because it because it's it's trying to
0: it's overwriting. It's over yeah. trying to overwrite what's there.
1: Yes, and re- um, replacing it, isn't it? Yeah, and that was to me very much kind of like what the mushrooms were doing, but also um, my brain just kept going. Um, it's toxic masculinity, isn't it? It's it's like a toxic patriarchal presence, isn't it? Like yeah, it it, it just it's breathed in into your very like being without you realizing it. And then it's in
0: there. It forms a part of you and it will be with yeah. you forever. Yeah. 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 I think that's reflected as well at the end where where Francis is really affected when he tries to leave. Because yeah. the, you know, the, fung, the, the fungi doesn't want him to leave. No. So I really like that link there with like the, the element of the fungal horror as well. So because it's like this, the the rotting of the doyles and higher place isn't it but not just like literal although it is little, literal yeah. it's also ethical and moral yeah kind of showing like the misuse of the um the mexican people and it's it is almost like the infection of white supremacy and colonialism isn't it yes, it's is...
1: infection that's the word i was looking for yeah. it very much is that and like you literally have to burn it out
0: yeah, and that's what but, they do. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's also like it it'll never like you said earlier, it'll never be erased. Because you can't erase that that harm and that trauma. No. It's written into the people of that town now. And and obviously this is just focusing on one place, but it's everywhere.
1: Yeah. It leaves its mark, whether it's a legacy of you know, of of things that don't seem quite as insidious like technology or literature or culture it's still erasing and changing and evolving like people's own like ways of living their culture and their identity yeah Yeah. exactly it's it's almost like it's almost invalidating their existence Mm. because it's it's like saying this way is better because it's white
0: yeah, and I think they do that with the the element of uh, women's position and sexism as well. Yeah, because I mean it's the nineteen fifties, and there's a line in there about how will women, like Mexican women, still couldn't vote in yeah. the nineteen fifties. And it's that sexism and that oppression of women that's run runs through the entire novel? It's it's how the Doyle's have achieved what they achieved isn't it yeah oppression and ownership because even even the miners
1: and it's also this commitment to traditions um yeah of ownership so there's going to be a wedding there's going to be a marriage but it's not necessarily legal like it's not mm-hmm. under the eyes of god it's under the eyes of their god of howard doyle but it's not but so what a, what is the need to go through with the whole charade bit yeah other than the fact that that they feel the need to perpetuate
0: mm-hmm. it it's almost like it has to be excluded as well it has to be far away because it wouldn't be acceptable in general society no anymore
1: it has to be in a place where the power dynamic is off Yes So In that sense It's Their only choice Was to go And essentially Invade Some Poorer country Yeah That was That was Their option And that's what they took
0: Definitely And they're Desperate to hold on to it
1: Yeah Yeah rather than going oh, should we not do this anymore Should we be a bit normal They went No let's go to Mexico And make all the Mexican people suffer Who come into contact with us That sounds like a good plan
0: yeah, I think that plays into as well. You mentioned um, Carl Jung as well, didn't you?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And his theories of, like, collective consciousness.
1: Yeah, dream theory.
0: Yeah. Um, because dreams are really important in the novel, aren't they? Yeah. And they kind of, everything that happens in the dreams kind of given to Noemi and Catalina... Perpetuate these ideas and these ideologies, and they kind of demonstrate all the ways that you know people have tried to fight against this and lost. Yeah, it's the inevitability of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and uh, the book does make a lot of mention to like Jungian and Freudian kind of theories and ways of thinking and schools of thought, which I thought was really interesting Um, because I find them fascinating, they're utterly ridiculous, but so interesting. so interesting especially when used in literature because it makes such uh it just makes for good uh like juxtaposition between like the psyche and what's going on around you like it's so interesting it is
0: yeah i do agree she like she packed a lot into this didn't she yeah marina garcia there's there's a lot of thought and a lot of history and a lot of ideas
1: yeah and interestingly subject. I've seen quite a few reviews that kind of wished that it was shorter whereas I again this keeps happening and I'm not a long book person but <laughs> I think I needed it to be longer but okay. in the right way so like like I said the first I felt like the first half was a little bit fillery. that's not a word but, <laughs> but there were some really interesting elements that I just wanted to go deeper on like I'm cool with the weird shit. Give me the weird shit. But it felt like it took a long time for it to really accept its weirdness.
0: Yeah, I I spent a lot a lot of time waiting for the weird. Yeah. I think the pacing is a little bit off. Yes. It it could do with a little bit more balance because the the last bit is so fast. Everything happens all at once. But as you said, it takes a heck of a long time to get there.
1: Yeah. I feel like it needed like a a bang of weirdness towards the beginning. Like a big like poof. just yeah. to kind of go, This is what you're in store for, but let's just slow it back down again and let me tell you how we get there.
0: Yeah. And I think that would have then retained that idea of that slow creeping insidiousness yeah. of the fungi slash sexism, slash colonialism. You know, it, it would have retained that, I think. Yeah. I guess it's that, it's a thematic thing in dark academia, isn't it? It's the, this horrifying thing happened, but I'm not going to tell you about it yet. Let's uh, start somewhere else and we'll work up to that point, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I love that. I'm a sucker for that.
1: Yeah. It's like, look at this awful thing, but then forget about it for a minute. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Mm. I, I do enjoy that. Is it a trope? I was going to say it's a trope, but it's not a trope really, is it? It's a Oh, it's a dark academia trope. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You heard it here first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I suppose we kind of uh, dance around what we want to call all of our tenets and our elements and our bits and pieces, but essentially they're tropes, they're dark academia tropes, and I don't know why we haven't put clicked
0: to that. Why has that never occurred to us? (laughs) We are shameful book bloggers, that's what we are. (laughs) 22 books later it finally clicked. Tropes. (laughs) Wow.
1: This episode shall be called obviously Mexican Gothic but in brackets in which we discover the word tropes. (laughs) 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 Or rediscover.
0: Finally actually use it properly. Woo! Oh, dear. Did you want to look at any specific characters anymore? I think I think we've probably...
1: Not really. I think, for me, the characters felt, felt a bit flat. Yeah. I really struggled. I mean, Naomi did grow on me like a fungus. <laughs> um, um, but I just I didn't ever really click with her. I found still found her lacking in enough depth because she's really flighty in the beginning. And doesn't really know what she wants or what she's doing. Which is mm-hmm. fine. But I don't feel like we ever find out anything further than... I need to get me and my cousin out of this house. And then yeah. what? Do you know what I mean? There's no like uh, goal that's further reaching than that for me.
0: Like an overarching agency, kind of.
1: Yeah. It's just like she is just existing inside this horror. And that's fine. A lot of horror situations like books films and whatever it is just the i need to get out of here um yeah momentum but um for me to link with her as a character i think i needed a little bit more depth from her yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think she obviously it's really wishy-washy but i think she learned what she's capable of because before you know she is a socialite she goes to parties she flits between men and flits between degrees um because she doesn't really know what she wants that she doesn't need to stick to anything she ha- she doesn't have to reach for a goal she can have whatever she wants yeah and this is the first time that she has to do it and see this thing through Otherwise, her life will be forfeit, basically, or and her freedom.
1: True, but I just don't feel like she ever falters, though. Either, like she just does it. There's no moment of, oh my gosh, like I'm really scared about confronting them about this, or she just does it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she, yeah, I know what you mean. She, she, she I mean, is that just
0: part of it though? Because she's maybe I she's just, always I'm got just... what she wants.
1: <laughs> True, it's just she's very. She is very ballsy considering the situation that she's yeah, in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah,
1: is it? Yeah, it's third person, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's part of it because I gen generally struggle a little bit with third person to properly connect. So perhaps that's it.
0: That may be it. Mm. Cuz it, it flits around quite a lot, doesn't it, the narration? Yeah. We see a lot.
1: Um, I think cuz we're not afforded her inner most thoughts all mm-hmm. the time. yeah I think maybe that's where I would have found what I was looking for.
0: Yeah, possibly. Mm. Yeah, cuz like you said as well, it's not a particularly long book.
1: No. Just I mean, a- I I like I I did I read it easily, like even though like if If I wasn't reading it for the podcast, I potentially would have DNF'd it again. But I'm glad that I didn't because there is a lot of uh, content in there that is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I probably would have done the same because I wouldn't have got to the point where it clicked for me. Yeah. (laughs) Because it it kind of started clicking like 30, 40 percent. And that's Mm. a lot of book to go through. a lot of book. So yeah, I probably wouldn't have got to that point i just put my hand in my pocket and found a pom-pom <laughs> oh Where did that come from? i've been blessed your cheerleader <laughs> i have with been blessed <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah my my overall reaction to mexican gothic is i'm so glad i persevered with it. obviously i didn't have a choice but <laughs> i'm really glad i did because i feel like maybe i get it now i don't feel as left out with the sylvia Moreno garcia thing
1: okay because yeah.
0: she's so loved isn't she yes so i'm excited that i can now justify purchasing certain dark things which is her vampire book and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the daughter of dr Moreau, because i love yeah. the island of dr Moreau. so
1: i'm definitely the vampire book oh hello <coughs> <laughs> The vampire book, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna buy. It. Yeah, I and need the cover? that in my life
0: so hard. The cover is so good too. <laughs> yeah, big fan. I love her, all of her covers actually; they're all great.
1: Yeah, and and I I enjoyed the writing. I think it was mm. just like as a whole. I just kind of wanted more. Just didn't quite
0: work. Yeah. fair enough.
1: But is it Dark Academia?
0: No, no, it's not. It's. No. <laughs> It's, it's gothic fantasy historical horror.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I warred with the with the with with that question for a little bit. Only a little bit, because I think you could argue it in there if you really felt inclined to.
0: It has a lot in there which lends itself to Dark Academia, which yes. is obviously why we picked it. But yeah, <laughs> but I yeah think it's for not... Me,
1: yeah, it lacks the big things, though. The big... Like, I didn't get the feeling. Trumps. I didn't yeah. get the Dark it, Academia feeling. There's that, too. Yeah, Lacked the vibe
0: But it had a good vibe
1: It's yeah. just
0: not quite the one I was looking for
1: And I was actually I thought it was really fun to have like I th- It was a lot more horror-y Than I thought it was going to be as well
0: Yeah, me too and I enjoyed that I was not expecting to feel so uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> Basically <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah This one was a win for me And I think that the next episode is going to be a massive win for me, because I can report that I am 30% of the way through, and it's a win. So (laughs) our next episode is our Dark Academia adjacent episode, and we will be looking at Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice. I don't know why it's so hard to find a summary for this book. It is.
1: It is difficult, because I remember I've done it before, and it's like, hello?
0: There's just nothing there. so i'm gonna give you what i have found which isn't much you're welcome in a darkened room a young man sits telling the macabre eerie story of his life the story of a vampire gifted with eternal life cursed with an exquisite craving for human blood now more than 40 years since its release Anne rice's masterpiece is more beloved than ever
1: and if you've seen the film, now would be a good time to start singing uh, the Rolling Stones' Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself. She's like that.
0: I'm definitely going to rewatch the film <laughs> after I finish the book. <laughs> if I can find it anywhere. I couldn't find it on streaming last time I tried to watch it, but. Ouch. I know. But yeah, I'm already loving it and I'm really excited. Good. It's very dense, though. <laughs>
1: It is dense, it's... it's, it's Very the, slow. The text is thick. Like, it's not a, not a massive book, but there's a, it's...
0: There's a lot in there.
1: Yeah. Packed with all that vampiric goodness. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I think that's us for this week. That's us. Thank you very much for listening. We very much appreciate it. And if you feel so inclined, we would also really appreciate... Um, subscribe. you subscribing to the podcast if you enjoy listening giving us a rating or signing up to the mailer at the thedarkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com we do do giveaways so
1: <laughs> we do do giveaways
0: we do, I know that is a draw so we do we do do. Do's. <laughs> we do <do's. laughs> so thank you for listening and we will see you next time bye bye